0: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
1: Welcome everybody to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your only source for Packers news every single day in podcast form. Dan Connick, Chris Schimmel here with you today. Thanks for joining us. We are discussing... Uh, well, the prevailing topic obviously is what kind of DEFCON we are at after the Detroit Lions game on Sunday. If depending on who you talk to, where I always forget how the DEFCON system works. I always just like to say it because it makes me sound, um, I don't know, smart if I talk about DEFCON system. But I always forget if DEFCON one or DEFCON five is the is the bad one. But it's all across the scale, depending on who you talk to. It's either everyone needs to be fired immediately or just a couple of things need to be tweaked. But the one prevailing thing, Chris, that's kind of come out of it, and we want to touch on it just briefly, we know that uh, the guys have talked about it a couple of times the last two episodes. But just briefly, um, Mike McCarthy seems to be, his seat seems to be heating up just a little bit after that Detroit game and I think that this week coming up especially is a must win and then it's really interesting to see what happens in the next coming weeks as we get ready for that really tough stretch that we kind of hit on last week with the Rams and the Patriots and the Seahawks in there so your opinions Mike McCarthy hot seat or not
2: absolutely he's on the hot seat he's been on the hot seat since last year after Rodgers went down, he saw how poor they were. Mm-hmm. So he's been on the hot seat, I feel for a while. And of course, Joe Phil been coming back, all this hype about, you know, he was the offensive coordinator for a long time. They've been a top 10 pass offense every year. He was in control. And this team doesn't look any different. There's all this whole, you know, they're revamping the playbook. Well, revamping the playbook doesn't mean a thing if your philosophy is the same. So yeah, I do think he's on the hot seat. And I don't I see this as possibly, even if it's a one and done season in the playoffs, I still would consider that a total failure. And I think his job should be on the line. See, I think for me, this is the first time that he's, for for me
1: personally, this is the first time that he's been on the actual hot seat. I think last year was kind of an indictment more on Ted Thompson and his inability to draft or keep weapons and players around this team and around Aaron Rodgers to be successful without him. I think that was really kind of the stark thing that stood out after last year. McCarthy obviously got some of that blame too failing to you know rework things around these new players like Brett Hunley. But yeah I agree this is the first time that I really think Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. for me, i I'm a Boston Celtics fan. And I see Mike head coach, Brad Stevens, the last several years, before the last couple of years when he got all of this talent, he really did a lot with nothing. And it, he re, that's why everyone talks about him being such a great innovative coach. I see Mike McCarthy with a lot not doing really what he should just basically be doing. And that's winning road division games like this past week against Detroit.
2: Yeah, I understand that. But first thing I need to comment is you're from Ohio, right? Yeah. And you're in Detroit, but you're a Packer fan and a Celtic fan? I'm a Celtics <laughs> fan. I'm a Bruins fan. Um, you're all yeah. over the country. <laughs> uh,
1: I am actually a Tigers fan, though. That was before I even moved to Detroit. I am oh, okay. a Detroit Tigers fan. So, okay. Yeah, my, I, I, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm not, I swear I'm not bandwagoning. I mean, that's been from the get go with all of those teams through thick and thin uh, has been my team. So I, I stick with them. Um, but,
2: uh, as yeah. As well. but
1: yeah, I, I, I can see, I get that question all the time,
2: but you know, about McCarthy, you know, winning these tough division road matches on the road, you know, what good coaches do is they make bad players, average, average players, good, good players, great and great players, hall of famers. Right. Right. And that was the whole point of, you know, like the, of the West coast offense when Bill Walsh created it, He didn't create it because he wanted to revolutionize the game. He created it just to make his team competitive. And I feel McCarthy is desperately trying to find a way to do that with this team. Because I think it it pains me to say this, but do you think this team is going to take a couple of years to rebuild, especially with all these free agents coming up at the end of the year? I feel like this is going to take a couple of years and it's going to be hard to do this without signing at least one or two key free agents. Oh, I, I,
1: I would definitely think so. Actually, that kind of set, so brings up something I almost wanted to touch on was the record right now, 2-2-1, two, two and one, the same exact record as the Cleveland Browns. And right now, I'm not, not speaking strictly out of talent because the Packers, if you look at up and down the line, I think just have a little bit more, have the edge on pure talent, especially Aaron Rodgers, offensive line. You know, there's more talented players on either side, but really – I don't think it's out of the question to say that the Browns roster isn't in a better position for the next five years than what the Packers is
2: well, right now. The, one of the one of the keys to that, I think, is the fact that the Browns have a lot of ex-Packers management-wise. That, that's a very good point, yeah. On the team. They have uh, – and really, think of it this way. You take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers, would you say that not even the Browns, but teams like the Bears – have a better overall roster than they do? Oh, for sure. And that's what's scary. That's why I think that it's going to take a couple of years to to rebuild, get a couple of free agents. And it, it's scary seeing all the amount of free agents they have coming up. When I when I saw the list of names, my eyes kind of popped out of my head.
1: It is, and that's why I, I go back to this again. I don't want to keep going back to this fall, but it keeps coming back up. This is why I think when the Khalil Mack trade got made to the Bears and I saw kind of really in hindsight what you would have had to give up, it really didn't make sense, and it really makes a lot more sense to keep those draft picks and look to the future a little bit. I know that there's a win-now mentality, and I know you want to get Aaron Rodgers one more Super Bowl ring before he's done, but can you imagine the free agents and everything that are coming up, not even just this year, but the next two years the next two years is huge. I mean, it's almost your entire offensive line. I think almost everybody in the wide receiving core that matters. I mean, it, it, there's almost everything, and there's no way you would have been able to pay a Khalil Mack and an Aaron Rodgers. And as much as it, as much as he deserves it, it really puts the Packers in a tough bind. How much you're paying Aaron Rodgers?
2: And also, it's scary to think that this is probably the first time in a while where there's more holes on the offense than on the defense. True. Yeah. Well, it's scary, because on defense, right now, it's all pass rush. Offensively, wide receivers, they're going to replace. Same with tight ends. And now you have offensive line, because I only see Bakhtari and Corey Lindsley being the only really core lineman they have. Well, the
1: only ones that you can depend on at least consistently. Uh, well, I guess, to be fair, the entire offensive line has played the last two weeks complete. So yeah. – that for for what it's worth, there is something there. But we talk about we talk about the free agents, uh, Chris. We today's episode we wanted to really hit on the free agent class coming up this year, who could be on the hot seat free agent wise. Matt McCarthy, you could say, coaching for his job this year. There's players playing for a job this coming year, and it really kind of came about with the news today breaking from uh, Jason Wild reporting about Ha Ha Clinton Dix. He had mentioned that uh, he doesn't really expect to be back here next year. He's considering this whole year as being sort of a resume. You know, every game could be his last. Yeah, a job interview. Um,
2: You know, I liked what he said, and I also didn't. I liked the fact that he said that he he said he's going to play this year as if he's not going to be back next year, meaning he's going to have to give it his all every single game. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, overall, the, the, he he has some screw up. He's some big errors, especially you know last week. I remember the touchdown he gave up. Kevin King wanted inside help and put mm-hmm. nowhere to be seen. He also had some great plays. He has it's crazy. He's tied for the lead league lead in interceptions. He has uh, three passes defended, about halfway to what he did all of last year, and I it, it's just crazy to think that. But at the same time, he. He's had some missed tackles, but do you think he's going to be able to bounce back? Well, that's the
1: big question for me. Is because right now, if I mean, if this is your job interview, you're getting pretty close to. I think you're getting pretty close to Step Brothers interview level. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I think some of those, I think some of those numbers, the interceptions, things like that, are a little bit inflated. I, I think
2: well, the whole Panthers' defensive rankings are inflated right now.
1: Yeah. I mean all over. And I, I think that if he turns it around, he gets it figured out, he can make things interesting when it comes time to make a decision. And I don't I don't automatically write him off with this comment. I think that the comment uh you know has to be kind of taken with a grain of salt and in context a little bit. Because I think you're right. I think it's more it's more
2: just about his future. Yeah, I think he's trying to motivate himself. And what I think it really comes down to is if, if, is there going to be a sucker franchise out there who's going to overpay like crazy for him that the Packers are going to say, no way we're going to match that? That's, I think that's the biggest question is if he's
1: able to turn this around, that's when it becomes very interesting because you know that there's going to be a team out there that is going to say, oh, what are they going to pay you? That, That's that's it. Come on over here. And, and there's going to be a limit. There's, There's a pretty it's a pretty low ceiling. If you, uh, you know, consider what he is, you know, being a long-term veteran in this league and a pro bowler at the, at that position.
2: And talking, talking about re-signing free agents in hindsight, would you have re-signed Morgan Burnett?
1: I think so. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it all comes again down to money. If the money is able to make it work, um, I don't remember exactly how much he went to uh, the Steelers for. And he's also dealing with a bit of an injury bug this year oh, yeah. as well. So, you know, you always – you kind of wonder how worth it it would be if he had been able to stay healthy. Um, but also to the safety position, Kentrell Bryce is a free agent after this year. What do you make of him?
2: Uh, well, right now I think he's had so far pretty terrible season so far to begin with. But what's, what's crazy is the fact that Clinton, Dix, Bryce, and Whitehead are all free agents. You can't let all three of them go. <laughs> right. Then, because you're thinking, all right, you have two first-round draft picks. People are thinking pass rush, pass rush. You don't want to add safety into the mix. Right. It was like, what was it? It was a cup 2013. You know, Packers need a safety. Then they got Clinton, Dix. We, they don't want to have to restart rebuilding the defensive backfield. So they're going to bring back one of them. But if they're going to bring back one of them, I, I don't think it should be Bryce.
1: I would say I think uh, it, it depends on what Whitehead's situation is after mm-hmm. this year because he's dealing with injury this year, which is why Bryce has been playing the, uh, that amount. And the I, I, the thing I think is it's money again, yeah. Because control Bryce if you get into a situation where you get any, uh, get into a bidding war for Clinton Dix. Kentrell Bryce is there and yeah he has not played very well this year but he's still a veteran that knows your system and is and is playing you know valuable minutes back there and he's going to be a lot cheaper
2: than than Clinton Dix. yeah you might be changing my mind right now yeah you know it all yeah it all comes down you know it's so hard to do make these predictions right anything can happen because you know it's also crazy that we're already more than a quarter of the way through the season you know you wait all year. But then also when it comes to free safety is we're talking about these guys and we almost completely forgot about Josh Jones. Yeah.
1: And, and then he's, well, he's not, you know, he's not a free agent, but when you bring up
2: the safety position. Yeah. That's but, what I mean. It, it, should they bring these guys back? Cause you don't have the confidence in Josh Jones because whenever you hear him, it's usually for something bad, like the penalty on the special teams a wiped out time, Montgomery's huge return. And He's 220, he's a big guy, so I thought they'd play him more as an inside linebacker, especially with Jake Ryan out, but he's not even seeing the field.
1: Yeah, and there was a great article on Acme Packing Company today, or yesterday, kind of talking about that, the lack of playing time that he's seen, especially with the struggle in that safety position. Um, Staying on the defensive side, Chris, Devon House, obviously gone. 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 Yeah, I think that
2: one's pretty. I think that one's pretty straightforward. <laughs> gone. He had he. People only remember one play of his, and that was the huge touchdown against Minnesota. He's gone. He had, he left the Packers. Had that great year with Jacksonville, and then gone.
1: Um, another player dealing with uh, a season in the injury. Jake Ryan on the IR. He didn't get to play at all this year. Got injured in the preseason yeah it, what do you think about his I mean Blake Martinez has come in and done a fairly good job at that middle linebacker role
2: oh yeah he tied the lead uh the league lead and tackles last season he's leading the team and tackles this season and just if I would have told you that at the beginning of the year five games into the season that Blake Martinez and Frackroll would be leading the team in sacks, what would you think I would think that something had gone terribly wrong as
1: it almost seems like it has.
2: Right. Exactly. So it's like, so who would be uh, Blake Martinez's sidekick? You know, Morrison hasn't been getting it done. Well, Uh, I,
1: I think that's, that's the question mark is no one has really stepped up and taken that role away from Jake Ryan yet.
2: Yeah. I know under Jake Ryan, he's not the fastest guy. He he's the, stereotypical traditional inside linebacker who is great at run stopping, but he's not a sideline to sideline guy. You're not going to match him up with tight ends. So I I really feel that it's going to be, you know, it's not, I don't think he's going to be coming back because he's so valuable. I feel like he'd come back because, you know, they, they need a body in there. I don't, you know, you know the old saying is you don't leave a job until you have another one. Right. Same kind of thing. I feel with Jake Ryan. Can't get rid of him until you really have a solid replacement because he knows the system and he's solid. I mean, he's, he's not, it's nothing special, but he's still a solid football player. Well,
1: and that's the thing too, is, you know, it's not a great endorsement for Jake Ryan, but it's really not a great endorsement for the guys that they have backing him up or to take his place. Oren Burks hasn't really wowed me yet. I know that he hasn't got a ton of He's rusty. Yeah. He's rookie. He's a rookie. He's still kind of learning the NFL ways. I think that he'll develop as the year goes on, but as we're sitting right now, Hasn't blown me away yet.
2: He, he's a rookie and he's rusty. He missed a whole lot of time, mm-hmm. but I uh, hope hopefully his coverage abilities really come out in the next few weeks. Offensively, free agents. Oh. Let's
1: start on the offensive line. One of them, Byron Bell. I know you've got strong opinions about the offensive line. Uh, Byron Bell coming back. I will
0: give a them
2: prospect of coming back. I will give them the benefit of the doubt that the offensive line has played better lately. And a lot of the times, you know, as Rodgers, a lot of them were covered sacks. He, Rodgers held onto the ball too long, didn't hit open receivers. That's not on the line. But once again, I hate saying this, and I know the listeners are going to get pissed hearing this constantly, but it really depends on how he does down the stretch. Right now, right now I'm putting a question mark by Byron Bell.
1: I think actually right now, for me, Byron Bell might be, a guy that I'm one of the few that I'm actually leaning more towards saying keep him again for next year, because the best ability is availability and they've had the last two weeks, at least the same offensive line, things seem to be kind of working if at the very least you've got chemistry Mm -hmm. and also Byron Bell with a group that's with an offense, that's kind of, you know, been hit with the penalty bug,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he has not been flagged for a penalty this year. Wow. Which is, which is, I think, a, a pretty, a pretty big thing when you look at uh, Balaga has at least two false starts. I think there's two holds thrown in there. I know Bakhtiari has had a hold thrown on him. Byron Bell in the middle of that offensive line has yet to see a flag called in his name, which I think for me at least speaks... Uh, leaps and bounds for an offense and a team as a whole that has really been hit with uh, penalties big this year
2: yeah switching gears tight ends Mm-hmm. really big Mercedes Lewis yeah to be honest with you I can't tell because they, why bother resigning them if you don't even use them anyway
1: exactly I think that's that's almost a question more for the for both sides the Packers And Mercedes Lewis. yeah. Because why would I stick around if I'm Lewis if you're not
2: going to work me into the offense? Exactly. And I I was excited for him coming in because he's such a great blocker. You know, if Rodgers has an injured knee and he needs extra protection, you'd think they'd use him, except you're seeing Kendricks out there. And also, Kendricks, no. No. (laughs) He's a free agent this year, too. I'm wondering
1: why he's still around. Why? Are you still here, Lance Kendricks?
2: Oh, my – you know, I would – one of the biggest things in the offseason that I'll actually look is to see what sucker team picks him up. Somebody picked up Brandon Bostick.
1: Somebody's going to take Lance <laughs> Kendricks.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> um, that, that, that's an even more thing – another thing the Packers are going to have to rebuild. Geez, so not only on the defense with pass rush and safety, but now you have tight end. Well, I think with tight end, you, you hope that
1: Jimmy Graham can sort of work into this offense more, and yeah, there's hope with Robert Tunyon as well. Staying kind of in that backfield in the offense, Ty Montgomery.
2: Another, now, I, know, I know you've had strong opinions on Ty Montgomery. They stay strong. They stay strong. Okay. Well, think of it this way. Do you think a lot of what happens at Ty Montgomery, Geronimo Allison's going to be coming back. Cobb's mm-hmm. going to be gone would you bring Tom Montgomery back to keep him permanently at a wide receiver position just in case any of these rookies don't pan out? No, no, (laughs) no, No, I wouldn't. Can't can't persuade you.
1: No, I, I think, I think there's just, he's for me, he's just been lost in the shuffle at this point. You drafted all these wide receivers. You need to give them the opportunity to, pan out and show you something Cobb hopefully back this week along with Allison so that kind of again limits the amount of time you're going to see from these rookie wideouts so you've got to move forward with the future and your future is these guys these young draft picks that you have as wide receivers Ty Montgomery now has spent what uh two full seasons at least at the running back position Yeah. And we already know how much wear and tear that puts on you as a player being in the running back position. I know that he's gotten some help recently with, you know, being able to kind of rotate in with the other running backs. But still, I I think that he's just kind of he's he's lost to me now. I, I feel like he's just been lost in the shuffle of this offense unless you find some way to really make things work. And Mike McCarthy has not shown me that he can really scheme for a specific player to find him. A way to execute in this offense, and also I think as well too. Look in the future, I really, I really think you trade Ty Montgomery now. You trade him and get something back because there's obviously holes everywhere, and you need draft picks. I know that sounds like Ted Thompson talk. You can try me at the Salem Witch Trials
2: for it. No, no. Ted Thompson would have resigned him. That's <laughs> what Ted Thompson would have done. You said we keep our own guys who know our system, even though they don't really play. We're going to yeah. keep them. T- that Ted Thompson would have kept them. All right, you know, same thing with like Clay Matthews. Trade should have traded him a couple years ago to get some value for him. I agree with you. If you're, if you know you're going to get rid of the guy, might as well try to get something. I don't care if it's a sixth round pick. You bring up Clay Matthews. There,
1: we almost kind of forgot about him on the defensive side. He's a free agent. That's because what he's forgettable. You know,
2: think about it he has half a sack that is a worst start in his career through five games half a sack he also has only 12 tackles that's tied for his second fewest to start a season and i think i had a, a statistic with me that clay matthews and nick perry have combined for 423 snaps and have three sacks that's once every 141 plays and how much of the salary cap are they taking up That's why I said that you should have traded him a couple of years ago and they overpaid Nick Perry. And of course, TJ Watt is leading the league in sacks. So yeah. It
1: always comes back to TJ Watt. And whenever you are talking about this, it it will always come back to TJ Watt. And I think too, you've seen flashes of what Reggie Gilbert can be. I would really like to kind of see what he can do More, I know we've kind of vouched for him seeing more playing time over Clay Matthews. Mm
2: -hmm. And once again, we did the, we did the preseason game. Number one. If I told you Kyler Fackrell would have the most sacks of all their outside linebackers at this point, you'd be probably be saying, what is everyone else on injured reserve? What's going on?
1: Yeah. um, So I, I, the only thing that I think keeps him around is some sort of loyalty to a veteran like that. I, don't, I know that that's, that's Ted Thompson, like yeah. you said. I, I just wonder, you know, how, how much does this front office value veteran, you know, experience like that? And with that, too, Randall Cobb, another guy that kind of fits into that same situation, a player that fans, a lot of fans have been calling to see go. He's a free agent this year. I think I – don't, I don't really see that as much. I don't really want to see him go unless you are saying it is a complete 100% overhaul of this offense.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. What the, One of the problems I have with this offense, specifically red zone-wise, they're 23rd in the league at 50%. Last year at this time they were first over 72%, the only team above 70 and whenever I watch them, you know, it's all ISO routes, no scheme to try to get them open. It's like McCarthy's calling the plays as if it's 2011, where Rodgers can go to line of scrimmage and he'd say, OK, their number one corner is on Jordy. He's good. Number two corners on Jennings. He's good. There's no way their number three corner is better than James Jones. There's no way the number four corner would beat Donald Driver. So I'll pick on the number three and four corners all day can't do that anymore. And yet they're running the same ISO routes and he's not being creative. So I really would like to see a revamp of all this offense. The only problem though, is I, I don't see that happening with McCarthy still calling the shots.
1: True. And I think again, it just kind of goes back to the veteran thing. He's a security blanket for Aaron. You saw how kind of lost this offense was without mm-hmm. a veteran or a, a real veteran presence. I know Devonte Adams has kind of taken that number one wide receiver role, but really, it's Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy was the best man at his at his wedding. Like that has like you you don't you've got to have chemistry if you're if you're doing that. And that there's just some kind of security blanket thing there. And so it, it, maybe if moving forward, do you want to maybe piss off Aaron Rodgers again because he didn't really seem too happy after you let Jordy Nelson go?
2: Yeah, that's going to be really, really, really interesting. And there's already enough articles out there right now about Rogers' relationship with McCarthy. Mm-hmm. If Roger gets pissed that Cobb's gone, it's going to be a real disaster blow up for the media.
1: Yeah. So that's our kind of look at the free agent situation for the Packers moving forward into this year. Something just to keep an eye on as we sit here on Mike McCarthy watch. You know, you're always looking to see what players are making the case to come back this year and as we kind of wrap up Chris we wanted to also kind of just do a quick overview the NFC as a whole because I think we've kind of fallen into an area now with things escalating in Packer land that we've become very focused on what the Packers are doing at the moment but as a whole overall the NFC how it looks not just the NFC North but the NFC as a whole I think
2: I'd say that right now the Rams are by far the best And then also, I know the Saints almost laid an egg against Cleveland, but I'd say that they're probably the second best. And the teams that I'm really looking at are the Eagles, the Vikings, Panthers, and the Bears. And the crazy thing is, is the Eagles are playing the Giants. So they can go, they can be go 3-3. Vikings are playing the Cardinals. There's a win. Yeah. And the Bears are playing the Dolphins. scary that the Bears might start 4-1. So if those three teams win, that makes this week an um, even bigger week for the Packers.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this about the Bears, too. I And this is not just – I'm not trying to come off as being anti-Chicago because I'm a Packer fan, but really, who have the Bears played?
2: Exactly. Their
1: wins are against Tampa Bay once the Fitz Magic ran off, Arizona <laughs> – um, I had these all listed. I mean, they've, they're all t- 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 it- Seattle, yeah. a struggling Seattle team. And now you've got the dolphins coming in who are perennial egg layers. I mean, the one test you've had was that opening night game against the Packers and you lost it.
2: Yeah. You played one half. So they right. played only one good half against an actual good team. So you have the Eagles will probably win. The Vikings will win. The bears will win. And then, the two teams that are both at two and three Cowboys and Seahawks Cowboys are playing the Jaguars. See the Jaguars are going to want to have to, you know, are probably drooling to get back on the field after getting killed Mm -hmm. by Seahawks are playing the Raiders. So that's up there. And the Panthers are playing the Redskins. The Panthers are three and one. So you'd like to see the Redskins come out and beat the Panthers.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, for me right now, it's the, uh, the NFC, Almost kind of looks like the SEC right now. <laughs> You've got Alabama up at the top with the Rams, and then it's who's playing for second Yep. at this point. Because the second best team I thought in the NFC was Minnesota, and they got handled against that against that Rams team. I know it was a shootout, and ended up being a shootout, but the Rams were in control of that entire game. Oh, yeah. For me, it's who finishes second to the Rams right now in the NFC.
2: And that's why it's so important to see who these teams are playing, and that's why it's crazy that the that the Eagles, Vikings, and Bears are playing poor opponents, which means the Packers really need to win this game going into the bye.
1: Yeah, a Monday night game against the San Francisco 49ers, back home at Lambeau,
2: where no, they have not lost yeah. yet. Yeah, no Jimmy Garoppolo either, so... Still can't underestimate him because, you know, Kyle Shanahan can still do wonders. Make sure you're
1: listening uh, for the rest of the week, the weekend, Sunday and Monday, especially have those previews. Looking forward to head to that game. Follow us on Twitter. Follow myself and Chris on Twitter as well, at the Way at Chris Schimmel. Follow both of us as we, uh, you know, like I said, last week was we were doing the preview. Lament during all the games. Come lament with us on on twitter and social media it's going to be a lot of fun um for my partner chris schimmel i'm dan conning signing off for the pack of name podcast with as always go Pack go
2: go Pat, go
0: graham a wide to the right side slot set up to the left adams and scantling to the left side st brown on the slot of the right who to the rogers Fakes the handoff, throws left side of the end zone, wide open. Beldez, Gatling, touchdown. And Rogers signals to the sidelines, go for two. Power eye formation for Green Bay. Rogers under center, and the fake to Jones. Rogers throws right side. He's got Kendricks tumbling into the end zone for the touchdown. One yard touchdown pass to Lance Kendricks. Snap to Rogers looking around on second down. Throw the left wow. side of the end zone. He's got the Touchdown. Devontae Adams. 12-yard touchdown reception. Packers jump back in it. It is 31 to 20. Rodgers takes the snap. Pump fakes left goes long left side in the seam he's got st. brown circle roots outside the numbers 40 45 50 down the left sideline accelerating to the 30 and then pulled out from behind inside the 25 at the detroit 23 yard line wow what a play that was by the rookie my goodness 60 yard pass blood